0: I'd like to bring one of them snakes home from the beer joint. They look good when they left.
1: They look good when they their last. Yes.
2: <laughs> wouldn't be Christmas without a dirty old man. Yeah. <laughs> You're exactly right. You
1: gotta have one. That ain't dirty.
2: I ain't dirty. I ain't dirty. <laughs> <I ain't>
0: you <dirty. laughs> did say what I did with that snake. <laughs> snake.
2: Snake. Do that snake. snake. <laughs> Well, somebody's laughing at their own...
3: (laughs) I'm Don Hall, and this is the Peculiar Journeys Podcast. Welcome back. I hope your foray into 2018 is all that you hoped for and is certainly starting off better than 2017, which will heretofore be known as the year we all wish had gone much faster. All right, today's episode was not planned, but more discovered. While Dane and I spend our Christmas in Kansas, I'm usually too preoccupied to be thinking about recording anyone too much while I'm there. There's stuff to do, there's presents to open, there's Christmas stories to read, Christmas movies to watch. Well, I decided that it might be interesting to hide my iPhone with the MV88 microphone on the stairs when we sat down for meals this Christmas and just see what I got. I set it out and at first, My sister was very suspicious that I was recording and be careful what you say kind of thing. And so I hit it. And the thing about the crowd in Kansas, my family, is that the only time we're all kind of gathered around enough to tell stories is around the dinner table. Breakfast, you know, just sitting around the table. Everybody's sitting around. Everybody's eating. My mother... Got crazy uh, this year, and and for Christmas she tends to. Uh, she gets a Southern Living cookbook and just goes crazy, experimenting and having fun. And we had some amazing meals because mom's an amazing cook. And I love, and I love, I really do. Love telling and hearing stories. And if you're here, well, so do you, at least hearing them. And with the wave of people getting up on stages all over and treating the audience to stories of their lives, the need to tell and hear them is obviously coming to the foreground somehow. And one thing I, I often find missing is that unguarded spontaneity of the stories that just kind of come out of people without the framework of artifice. You know, mind you, I love a well crafted story. Don't get me wrong. But there is, however, a real sense of humanity. In these short tales of just personal experience that come from a group of people or a pair of people just eating and sharing thoughts. This episode is my attempt to capture just a little bit of that. Each bit is at one or another of the fabulous Southern Living inspired meals my mom made over Christmas. The players are my sister Vicki, my niece Jackie, nephews Sean and Ryan, mom, dad, and Dana. Yes, we are frequently talking while our mouths are full of food so if that kind of thing bothers you best to move on to the next episode next or two weeks now back when i was a house manager for npr's wait wait don't tell me tom hanks came to guest host and i got to treat my mom and sister who came to chicago was the first time my sister had been to chicago in about 25 years and i got them to put them early seating in the front row and they were completely blown away
2: Tom Hanks. I, I, that was awesome. That was it. That was the I most I showed fun. Saving
4: Private Ryan.
2: <laughs> Here's a funny thing I always say. My best be Tom Hanks and the kids
3: laugh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we were like two little star-struck kids. We were sitting there because Donnie got us in early because he's doing his we work. We were
4: in the catbird Sitting
2: yeah. on the front row and he comes walking out. And we both look at each other. To Chester equipment, out. yeah. Whoa. And we I didn't both. say anything. <laughs> he spoke to he's us. Around talking to Joe with I think we shut our mouths finally, but that's it is it's just almost anotherworldly thing to, you see him on TV, but see him in person and he looks like himself. He yeah. looks just like I thought he life.
4: was better looking I than all I expected. He he's mm-hmm. tall. He's, he's very tall. Doesn't look sixty seven years old.
2: He's sixty?
3: At one point during the holiday, my sister brings up a time she had to go to court. We were talking about going to court and who'd been to court. And she was being sued for a windbreaker she'd failed to return. Now when you're listening to the story you can hear my mom in the background humming and prepping a meal throughout. So if you can imagine it, imagine the kitchen with the center island, you know, Granite Island kind of stuff, and everybody's kind of standing around and nibbling on cheese and mom is scurrying around the kitchen getting food, getting plates, getting bowls, getting stuff. Uh, And I just think it's hysterical that this story is being told with all of this stuff going on around.
4: So, I was on the WSU crew team uh, many years ago, and we had oh, rowed down by the boathouse on the Arkansas River. Well, it was always freezing cold on the water, and um, this one day, this lady that, who was our coxswain, I said, I was freezing. Her name's Kathy Barba. And she said, I've got this jacket you can borrow. It was a Derby windbreaker. So I borrowed the Derby windbreaker, get through practice. Derby High School? Derby High School windbreaker. Not letter jacket, windbreaker. Well, you couldn't leave anything in the boathouse because it would be stolen. So I kept it in my truck. (laughs) I kept it in my truck. Okay. Uh, anyway, so of course time goes by, I move, whatever. A year later, uh, Kathy calls me and says, this guy wants that windbreaker back. And I said, I have it. I said, yeah, I, re- remarkably, I have it. He can come get it. Um, well, he doesn't think he should have to come get it. He thinks you should bring it to him. And I'm thinking, I, I'm single, I'm young, I'm like, uh.
3: where's he at?
4: I don't know. Eastborough. Did we me out. Yeah, Yeah. in Wichita, but right. he wants me to bring it to him. Well, I'm Who thinking, kiss my, my ass. Far. Yeah. Who is this psycho? So oh, it over on I page let page. it go, I let it go. I told him where I lived. I, I had a male roommate, Jim Gilmore. I said, Jim, this guy's coming obviously off, but he's going to come get this jacket. Here it is. Uh, he doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Next thing Where's I know, I'm that Colombian oh, title, and a see. big yeah, black police officer comes in pick and it serves it me well, papers. I charging me that. for a thousand dollars for that?
2: this windbreaker. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one hurt. Now I need And phone I, phone of course, I'm shitting my pants off. Yeah, I don't and have a thousand dollars. Do you still
0: have the windbreaker? Uh, no,
2: at that
4: point, th- that was probably five years, oh, years, oh, years oh, later. Oh, three or five years later. Oh, so oh so wait so so
2: He didn't come
3: before. pick it up, and then you got rid of the thing five years later, you get the notice.
4: Right. It was three or five years, yeah, I don't have it anymore. Well, because I've moved several times, you know how when
0: you're young, she's bored. When so, she moves, she leaves everything.
4: So bread. when I, oh, well, I'm panicked, Don, yeah.
0: because right. I don't
4: know how like the court Gramps kind of says, Gramp says well, you're, you're fine. Oh, yeah. Gramps says, don't miss yeah, court, you're yeah. fine. So here's what happens. I go to court, I'm scared to death just because I don't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I explained the to the cheese. judge what happened. But you know, and this mm-hmm. asshole, this We're weird, morning. and he's actually a pretty decent-looking guy. Different. He has got no. I brought mean, you to right put the, the cheese on. It, it was like he wanted yeah, to sue me. for Okay. Phone yeah. call okay, records, long distance bills, charts, graphs over the stupid windbreaker. Breaker. So the judge looks at the guy mm-hmm. and says. Used clothing is basically it's worthless. Really? She obviously made an name attempt just to just return it, so it I didn't lose one. the case.
3: Yeah. Oh uh,
4: yeah, that was that the good. end of it. And he, the guy almost he cried did. in court.
3: Why? Because
4: he, didn't have he have was a psychotic motherfucker. Who does that? But I was so relieved. But I remember Gramps. I was scared to death. He goes, "You got this. <laughs> well. You go. You got this." Can you believe that? And I didn't even know. So did the he guy. talk
3: did you talk to you at the at the court? He thing?
4: cried. He so, cried I mean, what and was his, what,
3: was, what was his I mean, what was his case? What he, was His yeah, case
4: yeah. was it was his jacket. I hadn't returned it to him I didn't even know the guy. Rap, rap, rap. I had never met him until the day of court.
3: So, how did you get the, so the jacket was...
4: A friend of his, Kathy Barba, had the jacket, God. loaned it to me. Kathy's like, this guy's a psycho. Get him the jacket back. Well, I tried. Yeah. But I'm a single girl. I'm not going to go meet you in a dark alley, a guy I don't know, with a jacket. Yeah. I told him where I lived. I had a male roommate. Mm-hmm. Handle it. He never came and got it. I, he thinks I should bring the jacket to him. Me. Mean, it was just really
3: weird. One of the things that keeps coming up when I visit my family is noticing how each of us is somehow representative of sides of our respective families. We have the Bowens and the Gowens, and they are very different kinds of, uh, of people. and we basically can find out who are Bowens and who are Gowens and all their requisite qualities, it's kind of like categorizing folks by zodiac sign or something. But it's also interesting to recognize in a very in the very specific dynamics of marital relations that my mother and I are of a similar stripe, and my dad and wife are of the opposite but complementary stripe. You know, we we married mom and I married more quiet, thoughtful. People, they married to rambling, uh, highly enthusiastic nutballs. So each Christmas, Mom and I spend at least one day going to Wichita, seeing movies, shopping, and I mean talking non-stop in the car, in the stores, at the theater, talking about family, about the state of the world, about everything under the sun. Between And then we talk in circles. It goes all over the place. Dana on those days tends to stay at home with V. And it's likely, and that's generally what the case is, is that they'll spend most of the day just kind of doing their things, being quiet. Dana's working on poetry or reading a book. V's just kind of sitting in his chair, just relaxing. And eventually, after several hours of just being quiet, the two of them will start conversing, and then Dad'll make some a few cocktails, and the game is on. Now, true to form. I was, I was too busy talking and playing with my mom to even think about hitting the record button. But Dana being the more intelligent of the two of us, once the two of Dana and Viest inevitably started to chat, she picked up her phone and she used it to capture some of their hangout time.
1: Have you test driven a Tesla in any form?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to. That Why? That's the house to buy it.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, you fall in love, okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: You see, I'm with cars like Donnie, is with gadgets for his computer, and so I really love cars. I've always had, I've had a lot of nice cars. Mm-hmm. I've had some fancy ones. I've had some fast ones. I've had some fancy and fast. hmm Um. I've had some beaters, some junk old trucks. Were damn good trucks, but they didn't mm-hmm. look like much. But they'd start and run in any weather and haul whatever you put in them.
1: Yeah, reliable.
0: Yeah. That's be better than a hard-working brother-in-law you don't have to feed. Uh.
1: <laughs> My dad was really into cars, but he's not a mechanic.
0: Well, I and I can't
1: tell there. what is it about cars that he appreciates so much other than the fact that... Hmm? And I don't think his his dad was this way either. Their family always had nice cars. His dad was an engineer who worked for Pittsburgh, pl- played glass mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, essentially built factories and did math problems mm-hmm. for a living. Uh, and I think cars were, after a while, cars, I don't want to say status symbol because that's not right, but it was important to have a luxury car like he would always, you know, drive Lincolns after a while. The last car he had was a Lincoln Zephyr, which was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and my dad has a Lincoln right now. It's it's funny. The last time I talked to him, he was like, okay, so the, he has a Ford Taurus, and I forget what year the Taurus is, but it's more recent. It's I want to say maybe 2010, 2013. Mm. Uh, and it's got some rust problems. And... Um, they both have advanced mileage on them, but he drives the Lincoln most often, and that's got lots of mileage on it so he's he's looking to kind of consolidate, get a jeep, maybe something like moms mm-hmm. um, that is uh, could do both haul the boat, good for you know cross country trips, yeah. and also good for back and forth into yeah. his job every day. Which takes him on the other side of town, and then he drives for work. He drives a you know company van. But
0: well, there's no one perfect vehicle. That's the sad news. But right, at least I haven't found it. Always need two or three. I always
1: need two or three. I would well, to yeah. feel complete.
0: <laughs> hmm. Not even yet. I had that Monte Carlo told you about, and I kept it like pristine new inside and out, but it had 110,000 miles on it and mm-hmm. had it before the fuel injection, which that's nothing on a fuel injection engine today. Mm-hmm. But, and I needed that in a real estate business, but I also needed to haul gravel once in a while for my driveway, and I also needed, you'll like this story, I also needed to haul firewood once in a while for the house. Mm -hmm. So I needed an old truck, so I looked around and I finally found this truck, and it was an old truck, but he only wanted $500 for it. But it had two dented fenders and a caved-in door.
1: Is that why you only wanted $500 for it? Mm-hmm. The body was dinged? Yeah, okay. it
0: would be up pretty bad. So I told him, <laughs> and the battery was dead. I said, you put a new battery in it, and I'll give you $450 for it right now. He said, well, the battery's 50 bucks." And I said, well. He said, well, I'll just take $400 for it. And you jump it and get it out of here <laughs> okay. out for me so went and got my dad we went down there and jumped that old truck and started up and my dad listened to it and my dad was an expert mechanic and he said well it don't look like much but he said Sir, it seems to run pretty good he says, How many miles are they running? And I said, Hell I don't know, spinomer broke the glass has broken the deal. I mean, who knows? Uh he said, Well, he says, it'll start and run for four hundred dollars. He said, You got yourself a project. So I took it home. Changed the oil and do all the small things, you know. Oh. I looked around and I finally found uh, a fender that would work and a hood. But they were different colors in the truck. The other fender I wound up fixing, and all I needed now was a door. And I found a door. But it was a different color than the fenders in the hood and the body of the truck.
1: Did you go to the junkyard to find these things? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: So I put all these junky-ass pieces on there, and it just looked looked like hammered out shit sitting in the yard out there. So I went and spent... Uh, about $150 for spray paint. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to make a truck look real good with spray paint. Cans. Of any color. No. Yeah, no.
1: No. Not so at
0: all. I sanded it down and put a real heavy coat of painted on black primer. And I painted it on pretty thick. And then I sanded it down and then I, I had two or three cases of red about that color red spray paint cherry red We you get this thing all one color for it's done and I laid the paint to that one afternoon in June and just kept hosing it down and hosing it down and of course you get dry spots and wet spots a couple of runs here and there but 25-30 feet away it
3: looked damn good Aww. <laughs> It occurred to me while editing this episode that at this point in time in the world, what white families are talking about in the dark corners of the Midwest and South Southern states seems, well, at least less than savory, less than worthy of consideration. And the idea that uh, so many families in the country are white and they sit and you have this image that they're just talking about Roy Moore and they're talking about Donald Trump and how wonderful he is and they're talking about all of the stuff that's going on. Well, my family is a white family in the heartland and their dinner table stories are likely the same as most families out there in Kansas or Oklahoma or Nebraska or you know Louisiana. I mean, it's pretty much... Sure, I mean, we have political disagreements. Uh, My niece is a hardcore, all-the-way-as-far-left rage profiteer of her own. She's a big Bernie supporter when he was, and she's she's itching to be in politics. My dad is kind of an old-school Republican, uh, more fiscally conservative, a little more conservative in that way. My mom is a bleeding-heart liberal who uh, created a food bank for the hungry in Marion County, so we've got kind of like all over the spectrum. But I suspect, like my family, the talk in most families is less caustic than social media would want us to believe. Good for me.
0: Very, very good. It is good for you. It? It's, it's a zero wow. It's
1: good
3: to for ten. me
4: too. <laughs> if, who votes? I voted to 10. Hmm.
0: ain't no 10. And well, burgers, burgers,
4: burgers,
3: burgers burgers, 10. Biscuits and is oh, 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 oh. Biscuits and gravy is
4: definitely
3: 10. I vote 10. <laughs> I vote 10 as well. Gramps, this isn't a 10. So, Gramps' burnt burgers are a 1. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bananas <laughs> bananas biscuits, See, gravy, and biscuits and gravy. biscuits and gravy are 10. These are solid. This is an 8 or a 9. What about
2: the burger? I didn't eat the sweat burgers, so I don't know. <laughs>
3: I bet those were worse. There I was could, nothing I did wrong with that. I ate Christmas burgers.
2: Remember when the what was it the first or second Christmas Dana came? I, I got a vegetarian cookbook mm. and I made sloppy Joe soy out of soy and oh I thought they God. tasted fine, but it was a huge recipe.
3: Oh my God!
2: And I should <laughs> have We had a lot of. Well, little Dana couldn't eat a <laughs> tub of it, so so I thought, all right, I'll just sneak it past the grain. give it, to put it on the kids, not say anything, because I thought I couldn't
0: taste any different. I ate the gumbo. And oh, man.
2: Shawnee was the one that was funny. He was kind of moving it around. Moving around. And he it. He can eat the bun. And, he he eat bun. and then he goes, I'm full. He covered <laughs> the rest of it with The buns the were head. gone. There were three piles of meat left <laughs> <on ice laughs> And so then I confessed. And they didn't trust anything I made for months after that. What's in this? What's
0: well, in this? You, you knew Well, it. it was just not it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just thought I'm sorry I
0: probably wouldn't have eaten they
2: felt betrayed. I probably wouldn't
3: have eaten it either <laughs> no, I well you tell did it, Tofu doesn't sound But evidently
2: so good. they could tell the difference I couldn't, I thought it was a good recipe Tofu well, is sure is pretty good. tasteless It's just sort of like
0: exactly what it I was. Was. You, know, you
2: just cook it with something
1: oh,
0: and that's exactly so what it what
3: it oh yeah Well the thing about tofu is If you want it to actually taste like thing you have to, you really have to Like marinate it in it while. Yeah, it's like a sprite. It. It'd be like if you were blindfolded, expecting a sprite, and you drink it and it's water. <laughs> <laughs> That's Exactly what it is. I
2: hate yeah. that. Oh, so look, oh, they were they were mad at
4: you. And anything. mom said over oh, her oh, she goes, I did
0: something mean. I said, what? And your and
3: your body is still expecting a sprite, and you just keep beating it. All honestly i could listen to my people talk all night long i love them fiercely and hearing their stories pulls at my heart it's a good thing my wife has both embraced and been embraced by this little irish german clan and nothing nothing i'm telling you nothing is better than having a partner who loves your family as much as you do we're tremendously lucky in that i love her family just as fiercely and in the end When all of the cycles of history wash past, when progress is made or thwarted, there's still going to be families sitting around tables telling stories. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Peculiar Journeys is a bi-weekly storytelling podcast produced, voiced, and edited by myself in my apartment above a bar in Wicker Park, Chicago. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or catch it on SoundCloud. You can assist Peculiar Journeys financially, if you can, by becoming a VIP patron on www.patreon.com slash Peculiar Journeys.